Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is November 24, 2019. This is the Some Sort of Gaming Podcast. We have... Wow, we have big news. Not a whole lot of news, but big news with Stadia and all this people leaving Twitch and all that coming along, too. So, but before we get going, let's find out what everybody's been up to this last week um i'll start uh so in terms of gaming um i was looking back at my twitch archive and apparently i only got to play one day between last week and this week um but at least i got like three games in there so the first one was uh old man's journey which was kind of like this really simple story-based puzzle game um Essentially, the idea was like you were trying to get uh, this old man to walk through these different levels, um, basically kind of learning different story elements on the way. There's like flashbacks of things that happened to him in the past and things of that nature. Um, And the puzzle aspect of it was uh, you could actually change the height of different spots in the terrain. So it was basically get from point A to point B, but... um, the main character's path would be blocked with the exception of when you would change the terrain so that, you know, when one section of terrain intersect with another, then he'd be able to hop across it. But until then, like, you know, he wouldn't have any way to get to a different part of the map. So it's just kind of like chaining together a bunch of different pieces of the terrain in order to get him to the end of the level. And then it would transition. Well, sorry, it would give you a little bit of story with like a flashback and then you would transition to the next level. Um, that was cool. It took only about, I think, three hours or so uh, to beat the entire game. Um, it's just kind of one of those little indie experiences that you run into every once in a while. It was really cool, though. The art style was fantastic. It kind of looked like a... almost looked a little hand-drawn, but it was it looked like, again, a breathing, living, breathing cartoon, which usually that kind of speaks to me. Um, so I played that, and then afterwards I went back and uh, played some Dragon Ball fighters specifically because there's a guy um, named Sam that just joined our team at work and he's also a really big fighting uh, game player. His main game is actually like Dragon Ball fighters. So um, we were just talking about it on the last day of work last week on Friday or sorry, it might've been Thursday or so, but um, he was kind of like, you know, going into detail about which characters are cool and how the combos work and all that kind of stuff. And it just kind of inspired me to play a little bit more. So I went back and just did the combo trials for uh, Janemba, who was like one of the newest characters. I had just never gotten a chance to play as him. And um, Gogeta, who again, super cool character, super flashy, kind of reminded me of when I went to watch the last Dragon Ball movie, which I thought was amazing because of like the flashiness. What, and, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. I loved it. Yeah, I liked it too. Um, yeah, so it Gogeta's moveset like, just kind of reminded me of that because of, you know, in general, Dragon Ball Fighters is just super flashy when they do moves. Um, so I did that, and that was fun. And then I went back and played a little bit of uh, Under Night, um, which Sharpie and I played in. It was myself, Sharpie, and Sage Nocity. I think we all played it together at Evo. And at some point, we were like, oh, this would be interesting to try again. And I think, as Sharpie, you let me know at some point that it was on sale. I got it for like $5. It was like a bundle so, sale. Yeah, bundle sale. I didn't touch any of the other games, but I just wanted that because even that for $5 is good. So um played that, and that was fun. Nothing I'm going to 
put a little bit of time into getting to know the game a bit. Like I just played probably for about 20 minutes or so. So didn't really, it's not like I can claim that I can compete with anybody at this point. I tried maybe two characters or so. Um, but that was it other than work, work just, there was a lot of shoots going on. So a lot of early days and late nights and it's just kind of like, didn't have the energy to stream by the time I was done. Um, especially considering, you know, the next day I would have another early shoot or so. So that was about it. Um, what about you guys? Um, gaming wise. Ooh, I, yeah, it must've been first person shooter week because, um, I was playing some Call of Duty as always. I was trying to get my gun golden, um, the M4 right now. And there's a new shootout map, so I had tried that as well. You know, you know, Call of Duty is fun and it's not at the same time. Um, also downloaded Destiny 2 on PC this week. So I was like, okay, um, it took me a couple of days to get it downloaded. But when I finally did, I was like, okay, well, let me test it out to see if I can be able to play it. That's how I do it all, like, my big space, my big games. I always test them out to see if I can play them. So, I played a raid. I mean, I played a, a couple of strikes. I played Gambit. And I played the multiplayer version. And then the next day, my homegirl, she was playing Destiny. So, I kidnapped her. And we did a couple of um, strikes together. And we played and leveled up my light a little bit. Um... Friday. How was that experience on PC? It looks different on PC. I don't know if it's my well, monitor. it's the same game. It looks different. It, it it doesn't, I don't know, visually, it's the same, but it's, I don't know, maybe it's the colors or the sharpness or something. Something is just, not in a bad way, just different. Like, did it feel smoother? I definitely was smooth. It was smooth. I didn't was no lag or anything like that. Um, I played Borderlands 3 for Grown Woman Game Night on Friday. Um, it was free to, it was like free play days on um, Xbox. So we played, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I did not enjoy playing Borderlands at all. It felt like a copy and paste of the previous titles. And when I knew I was going across the map, just to go get a hanger, I knew I, it wasn't good for me. This game was not going to be good for me. Um, seems too fetch and quetchy for me, and I can't, I can't deal with that. It was fun playing with my, with my friends, but I would not play that game by myself. <laughs> um, I think, I think that's all I did. I, some exciting events, but you know, nothing to brag about. So, but that's all I did this week. Uh, I, the only gaming that I did was Death Stranding and Final Fantasy XIV, um, and, uh, but I wasn't able to play that much since, uh, I, I've just, real life has been getting too busy for me, and I just feel tired and fucking, I don't know, I just feel more tired and just unenthused by, like, wanting to, like, play any games, um, and, uh, but it was more like I was trying to wait until I had the time to be able to stream the story of Death Stranding. But now I'm just at the point where, like, I'm still on middle of chapter three 
and I haven't really touched it. So I'm just going to like play it at my own pace and enjoy the story for myself. And if I can, once I can stream it, then I definitely will. Um, but that I'm still having fun with Death Stranding for what it is. And um, it's just nice to kind of kick back and play more of it. Like I said the same thing like last week and it's like I, I, I'm just having fun just doing my own thing on it and playing it how I want to. Um, but the more I delay on it, the more I'm just kind of like I'm not getting any story. So I'm just I'm going to start doing more of the story and honing in on that. Um, and, Real quick, uh, out of curiosity, you said I'm having fun with Death Stranding for what it is. What like what would you describe? How would you like basically say what it is? I don't know what that means. Oh, like I kind of I I feel like I have to put the asterisk on there for Death Stranding only because like it's not action packed and it's not chaotic and it's not gameplay uh action intensive. So for me, I'm just I'm going back and forth making deliveries and such and when I say for what it is I'm having fun with it and I'm relaxed with it and I get to take in what the sights are for for the game so um that's really it I'm not sure. I get you okay um and uh Final Fantasy 14 I've uh I've just I've just been dabbling in it here and there um, just because I'm leveling different classes that I haven't even touched, like Black Mage. And I finally got that to level 50. And I've just been slacking on all the other different classes. So, uh, but soon enough, I, it should be this next week that I'll be really, uh, I'll be playing some more games and I'll be able to get back into it. What about you, Sharpie? All right, so to me, uh, when I opened up Steam uh, right after I finished editing the podcast, I, I noticed that Counter-Strike had a huge update two years without any operation packs. And they actually had one, and they, they're actually doing it differently this time. They're doing it like how the, all the BRs are doing it. Like, you know, like how Apex did it with the whole, like, you know, like, like the more you play, like the more you level up, and then uh, the more shit you can unlock. Yeah, they're they're taking that approach now. And battle passes. Yeah, like battle passes, but you know they they call it operation pack. The reason why they call it operation pack now is that they have new skins for like uh, that you can unlock for the character itself. Oh, okay. And like before, like okay, so back back before global offensive like you know counter-strike source counter-strike 1.6 and before like you can actually choose like you know four different skins for each side right on any map for you know and but it's like these four distinct um like skins and -hmm. everybody played like this one called the leak crew when they're on terrorist side because he's very thin and you know he's like very very camouflagey because he wears green he wore green and glasses well he's in the game now like it like you know with updated skins and there's like four different versions for each of those skins like mm-hmm. there's like the master skin there's like the the whatever skin and all that like and i was like saying oh that's tight i don't know if i want to buy it but i want to uh take 
participate in it. And it's really funny because when I was when I was when I when I started getting in when I started playing it, like the way how you unlock these things is you do certain um, what do you call it tasks like th that they give you, right? And one of the tasks is like, oh, get ten shotgun kills on this on this particular map in casual mode, not competitive mode, and. Like what's funny is that everybody has the same task. So if if you know, if you're playing on that map on that mode, everybody is doing it, and they'll kick anybody that's not doing it. it and so I was like saying, I don't know if this is like the right approach to do it, but whatever. I'll, I'll I think it's like a I guess a like a fun way to release like a, a battle pack. But yeah, they they have strange ones like those. Like they say, like um, I don't know. Like they had another one where they say like you have to get twenty five kills in deathmatch mode. And I'm like, who plays deathmatch mode in Counter Strike? But mm -hmm. like you know, that's what we had to do. And it has to be in it had to be in one game. So I was like saying, oh, this is gonna be hella hard. But what what I ended up doing is that I stayed in the game long enough where it, it like after the round ended and then the next when it reloaded the map, um, like I was just playing it against a bunch of bots. So I was like saying, "Oh, this is gonna make make it so much easier." So that that that's how that's what I ended up doing. Um. So yeah, Counter Strike. Oh yeah, and they're gonna be releasing new tasks every week for like. I think like 17 weeks or something like that out of the 25 that it's going to stay up. I don't remember how long it's going to be up or how, but then yeah, they're going to be releasing new tasks and yeah, I think the most you can get this, uh, like the fastest way to get this is 10 weeks, like because you get 10 points per week. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and you can actually do this without buying it. Uh, if I ended up, if I do end up doing all like you know 100 levels or at least 90, um, I will end up buying it. It will just unlock all that shit for me, automatically. So that that that's what I was doing like for like three days. And nice. yeah, and then I was like saying, man, I kind of miss Counter Strike. <laughs> <laughs> just feels hella nice like all these twitch shootings and like a lot of flick shoddy type of things and re uh, recoil controls but yeah so that's what i ended up doing that i also started rent like learning after effects uh well for rendering this podcast with a audio visual spectrogram or whatever the hell it's called that mm -hmm. I'll just start uploading it to YouTube, and I'm I'm pretty sure some of us noticed that it started appearing on YouTube. Um, so that's what I, so that's what I've been doing this week. Oh yeah, I've been also watching a lot of like, watching and reading a lot on like industry, like gaming industry stuff this past week because you know there's a lot of things that we're gonna be talking about this week. <laughs> So, or today rather. So the, so yeah, that was my week, and we're gonna be going on to the news. What's on the docket? So on the docket, some other big person left Twitch for Facebook gaming. No way! Oh Who could God. it be? Oh no! No! Disguised toast. 
Ooh. Who is his disguised as? A disguised toast. <laughs> well, anyways, yeah. So Whatever. he like I, that, that's a name that I I've heard a lot, but I never knew who who or what he did until I learned uh, until like this news came out and. Yeah, I, like so. I under like I read up on like why that happened, like why he went into Facebook, and uh, I don't know if anybody want to say what they uh, what they think about this move before I give out my piece. Uh, well, I mean, I, I'm the same with you. I didn't hear about this guy until the 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 headline dropped. I only know of one other person that moved over to Facebook Gaming, um, and that was uh, MySkerm. Uh, I only know him because he's a friend of Markiplier's, um, and he's funny. He he's actually and and he's uh nice to watch. But then he made a move and it was this big thing. And um, but I just thought that uh you know Facebook buying out streamers or I guess that's a way to put it buying out streamers to stream on their platform. I just I don't know. It, it's it's the last place that I would want to go to to like watch any sort of that stuff. So, I then again I rarely use Facebook nowadays. Okay, so here's my take on it. After doing a whole lot of research on why he did he did what he did, Facebook has. Okay, so th this is gonna bleed into like YouTube and Mixer and all that too, but. Uh, th this goes this goes along the lines of like Facebook is willing to work with streamers. A lot of partnered streamers on Twitch right now because of the the mass scale of of um, of Twitch. Like, Twitch cannot handle working with individual streamers. All the, uh, like even with partner streamers, like to give them opportunities and stuff like that, and. Facebook, Mixer, uh, uh, at least with Facebook and Mixer, uh, as of right now, because you know the scale, it's pretty small. They're willing to work with streamers, like giving them opportunities to go out and do events and speak and you know do do this all this other stuff. That's why they're leaving. They're not doing it for the number of viewers. The, the, like viewers, like come and go. So like they're. they're what what I learned what I also learned is that like sure people are talking about oh yeah ninja like he lost like eighty percent of his viewers for mo moving to mixer or like shroud lost like half his viewers moving to mixer and you know now this guy like he only has like three thousand viewers on Facebook and that's so slowly going to decline right and I was like saying well, yeah well it turns out that it's not about the viewers anymore because they're, they're they're more they're given opportunities to actually do something other than stream because as we all know streaming games is kind of a like it, it can take a lot out of you right and then they don't they're they're starting to grow older and they don't want to be streaming 12 to 14 hours a day right and if you read mm -hmm. read the book rich dad poor dad like you'll know that like the amount of hours, uh, working for amount of hours for the pay is not worth it. It's e it's even better if you don't work and you still and you get paid doing that, right? And like basically money working for you. So basically that's that's why these 
you know, these streamers are leaving the Twitch platform, signing with like um, with Mixer and Facebook. One other thing that Facebook has is non-exclusivity, and basically they're allowed to stream on Facebook and Mixer if all they want, or they can stream on Facebook, um, Facebook and YouTube if they want. Mm-hmm. And Twitch, okay, so so right now Twitch in the live streaming market they own seventy five point six percent in seventy five point six percent. Mixer holds three point two percent. Facebook Gaming holds three point seven percent. YouTube Gaming owns seventeen point six percent. So that that's that's one thing. However, when you notice that. Um, they call it Mixer and Facebook have the same amount of viewers or, or like when it comes to like the, the market share. I'm going to be, I'll, I'll, I'm going to post this chart right now by stream hatchet on the daily viewership. I just posted it. Yeah. So there's a, that, huge yeah, there's growth a huge in growth the... in the Facebook market. Yeah. And the reason why that is, is because Facebook took care of user acquisition problems. They don't need to do user, like it, when, when you can say like, you know, Facebook uh, streaming platforms, UI kind of sucks. Like, I don't think anybody's gonna argue against that, like compared to like Twitch, right? However, UIs can always be changed. Right? It can right. be updated. It can be. It's not as hard as doing user acquisition. User acquisition is probably Twitch's weakest point, and discoverability is also uh, Twitch's weakest point. However, they're dominating the market, right? But yeah. I feel like that's going to slowly change because it's not in Amazon's best interest to pour you know, money into, you know, streamers uh, this way. Because if you look at it this way, what is, like, how, how does, uh, let me see, how does, like, how do each of these companies make most of their money? Like, let, let's look at YouTube first, uh, YouTube slash Google. How, what is, like, the, how do they make them, how do they make their money? Ad data, ads, right? Like AdWords is the backbone of Google, right? Uh, so if you can own the live stream, uh, so basically they're trying to uh, break into the live streaming market. Uh, you know, ads can be worth even way more because you know th- they do bidding wars with ads. Um, Facebook, or rather. Before I even get to Facebook, um, Amazon. What is what 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 is their main source of income, or like how do they make most of their money? Uh, so what? You I said w- Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. Amazon. Awesome. It's like their Prime membership. Their sh- no, their sh- actually, it's their shopping platform, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what they're based from. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, but where? Yeah. So basically, they don't oh, need a sophisticated yeah. CPM to um, to get into uh, to do 
to do because it's not in their best interest to like get their CPMs up for each of these streamers, you know, algorithmically and all that. Uh, and this is also public information where at like you know where Twitch Prime is their biggest driver for Prime memberships. And basically, they you know they get most of their Prime subscription in results of Twitch Prime. Then they go do uh, then they do for any other thing by for Amazon, which is you know crazy to hear, but that's that's uh, that's actually publicly uh, it's publicly written somewhere. I forgot where it. Uh, actually, I heard it from a podcast I was listening to, and. What, what do you call it? Which is also why that Amazon would also kind of want to support Twitch. Uh, and what I mean, uh, what I mean by that is, uh, through they're trying to support Twitch not from ads, but through a monetization standpoint, which is their subscription model, and they're less focused on owning the live streaming space, and that's. And that's different from Google's space where they're trying to hold the audience because they're trying to get advertising revenue. And for Amazon, they're not trying to get advertising revenue. They're just trying to do it just just straight up from a subscription model. And, you know, Facebook, where do they get, where do they get most of their money from? I don't know, because I don't be on Facebook like that. Okay, so... Well, if I had to gander a guess, the data acquisition. It's ads. And trading. Yeah. So ads. Basically the same thing as Google. So, you know, and they're going to do... So basically these... T uh, and what do you call it? Microsoft. Where do you think most of their... Mo most of their revenue is coming from? Their software? Kind of. It, they're also kind of ads too, because you know Windows 10 is also a thing, and then you know they they, they have their own you know algorithm algorithmic thing too. But what what I'm trying to say is like it's not on Amazon's best interest to like basically grow up their platform like that easily right now. Which is why Google and Facebook is really pushing hard to do that. And what what one thing that Google and Facebook already has is the hardest part in the industry is user acquisition. They already have all of that. Mm -hmm. Twitch and Mixer don't. Where do Twitch uh, people? Wh how would Twitch people find out? Basically through another uh, another um, another platform. Right, uh, Mixer basically their market is very close niche to the Microsoft community, and maybe some, and maybe to like the gaming community, right? Or like the very small space of a gaming community. But like YouTube, you know, there's like okay, so here here are some here are some 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 numbers <laughs> with YouTube and Twi uh, Twitch. Twitch in 2019. Like so far, there's 30 million daily active users. 30 million daily active users, and YouTube daily unique 
viewer users in gaming, not the entire website, just in gaming alone, two hundred million daily active users. And what and the the point is is that what is the most watched game on YouTube this past three years? Fortnite. Fortnite? No. Uh, duh. No. It's League of Legends. I just I, I, I don't know about that one. Yeah. So League of Legends is the most watched watch content. Like you can go on Twitch right now and then you can see like League of Legends is like a number one. So League of Legends, there are more people watching the world's tournament on YouTube live than there were on Twitch. Say that again? There are more people watching the League's Worlds on YouTube than there were on Twitch. More people watching on the platforms? Or you mean more people watching on YouTube than there are users on Twitch? No, no, no. The World's Tournament. The League of Legends yeah, World. I know what you're saying. Yeah. I'm saying there are more I don't people... understand like, the okay. part. So people are said, more... Are there more... Sorry, go yeah. ahead. So there are more people watching Worlds live on YouTube than there were on the number of people watching it on Twitch. Okay. When it all boils down to it, it's just going to be the same pattern in the near future. Um, Facebook Gaming has been out there trying to scout some people to move from their current platform, which Twitch was. Um, I know one particular YouTuber called iPod King Carter. He's an NBA live streamer. Used to stream on YouTube and Twitch heavy like a year or two ago. And then he uh, got signed to Facebook Gaming. And the more avenues that we have to be able to display content creators, as far as game video gaming is concerned, the more people are just not going to stay with Twitch no more. And that's just the honest truth. Um, excuse me. Especially when... Um, you have other avenues that will give you a better um, a better deal than what you're currently dealing with. So, what you're trying to say, Jay Sharpie, is is going to be more people leaving Twitch. Yes, um, and there's already more people already named, but like the, I'm, I'm hearing this from like like people from like Slasher. I, I, I'm pretty sure you all know who he is. I don't. No. no? Oh, the guitarist from Guns N' Roses. Oh, no, 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 Slasher. He 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 speaks for like the uh, like the the gaming community on on news networks and stuff like that, like mainstream news networks. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he like he's already confirmed there's like a few more people leaving the Twitch platform for either for YouTube Mixer or Facebook. He he can't really say and he can't say who, but well, they have that right. They have that yeah. right. Yeah. So, and, okay, so, now, this actually kind of bleeds into Stadia, right? Where this is why Stadia is trying to be, is, is pushing really hard into people right now. Uh, okay. So, why is that? Okay, so the reason why is that Okay, so you know how YouTube has, I mean, not YouTube, Google has a shit ton of 
killed products. If you yeah. look at all those killed products, 99% of it are like one of those pet project-y type of things with no long-term vision. Okay. Like a URL shortener. Like remember but, that GOO.GL? Yeah, but that's also useful. Yeah, I know it's useful, but like like th there was like no long-term vision for that or no long-term plan for it. Same with like, you know, Google Allo, which was, you know, which was up for like three years, but nobody used it. And, you know, it was like some some dude's pet project that got a bunch of engineers and say like, yeah, let's just make this and see how it goes. Stadia was not like that. How Stadia approached it. So there's two ways how Google approaches things. One is just like, let's just build shit and see, see how it goes. Another one is let's make a plan and let's let's get key people from the industry, like big executive key people from the industry and work on this thing. And then like like three and work on it for like three three or four years. And then we're gonna tell the people about it. Okay. So that's Stadia. They've been actually been working on this for years. And they tr and you know, this past like two two or three years, they tripled the the, the YouTube um, employment tripled or like the amount of people working at YouTube tripled. And that's all a result of Stadia. And the reason why that is is because they're trying to change how they like engineer like they have to like do a lot of things they're trying to make youtube work alongside stadia with that whole implementation system that they were talking about remember yeah okay and what do you call it what what that what that means is like so stadia a lot of people are talking shit about it now and i understand why I don't know if any of you were around when Steam first came out. Yeah, I, I was there when Steam first came out. Yeah, 2003, right? Yeah. And remember how shit that thing was and everybody hated it? Um, I don't remember people saying how shit it was. I just remember my experience with it just being that it's just clunky. Or but like when you but when you look at just PC gaming in general back in the day, the only thing you had was CDs that you put into the into the thing and not really like, you know, downloadable games or like anything like that. And then still, if you look at the interface of everything for PC gaming or just PCs in general, it was either very basic or it was clunky because nobody knew better. Okay. Also, remember back then, like you're you're thinking about it from the mindset of today, where it's just like, oh yeah, you couldn't download games, right? Like remember when we used to buy CDs? Well, back then, it says like, I want a physical copy. That's how people's oh. mindsets were like back then. Like I'd rather go out and go go buy a physical copy, and this is starting to be sound like Stadia, where everybody's like saying, yeah, I'd rather buy my own, com uh, keep my own computer. Pretty soon, I have a feeling that this is what's going to end up happening. Is like, remember those days that where we used to download games? Remember when we used to have to buy two thousand dollar machines? I have a feeling we're heading into that direction. So this is actually, I'm going to point this over to you and Sheath Productions because you were saying exactly the same thing. Yeah, that was that was my point when we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago. It's the thing of 
people not necessarily looking forward and just looking at what's going on now. So they, you know, it's this thing of like, this is the way it works. <laughs> I think, I think the perfect example of that is like blockbuster and Netflix, which is like, I totally remember when, um, I was working the front desk at my, uh, college dorm and like all of a sudden like discs started showing up and I didn't know what it was. And then all of a sudden, um, a bunch more discs showed up and then I would hear people talking. They're like, no, nah, I'd rather just go to Blockbuster. It's like right down the street and blah, blah, blah. And then at some point, just nobody's at Blockbuster anymore. I think it's going to be the same kind of thing. No, it's already happening with GameStop. Like, mm-hmm. Well, no, I think, yeah, I'm not even talking about like uh, the discs. I'm saying even specifically with like Stadia and, and just basically other forms of getting your games. It's just going to, at some point, like everybody's exactly what you guys were saying. Everybody's going to be like, oh, you remember when we used to download games? Because, yeah, it's going to, I mean, it's the same thing with, there's been a bunch of like technologies that that kind of happened with. I think it was sort of a version to like text messaging at the beginning too. It's just like, I think just people, people have a tendency to not pay attention to the trend and just look at like, oh, this is what works right now and there's no way it'll ever change. Yeah, but I think you're 100 percent right on that sharpie, and it's probably not that far off either. It's basically all it really would take, I'd imagine, is two to three um, years at most, five. Not even that. I was gonna say more like specifically somebody to kind of revolutionize um, our internet infrastructure. Like maybe if when 5G comes along or something like that, at that point where like you know it's not as much of a worry. Um, your internet connection is not as much of a worry as it is now. Yeah, another big picture a lot of people are missing. Uh, missing, what I realize is, uh, it gets rid of the hardware problem that a lot of people tend to have, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is, okay, so a lot of people when they own like a console, like we all own PlayStation, you know, some of us owns Xboxes, some of us owns Switches, some, uh, and we all own computers, right? Have you ever tried putting, like, if you played, like, games like Path of Exile or Eve or, you know, like, even Minecraft or what do you call it? Like, any some sort of city builder, right? The more assets that you have on, on screen, the laggy, like, the, the frame rate starts dropping. And it can't handle yeah. it all. And then, like, it has to also think about, like, oh, like, what like what is this car doing here? And what's the purpose of this car and stuff like that? It has to compute all of that. And get, that gets limited. And then developers have to start thinking about, like, how, uh, like, like, the lowest end, you know, devices that people are having. Like, you know, like, like PlayStation has its own limitations. All of Xboxes have their limitations. All of the Switches have their limitations. And, you know, computers, it's like it goes in a wide variety of ranges. So they have to try to, like, say, like, okay, this is going to be the minimum we were willing to go about this, right? With Stadia, because it's all on the server, right, through the cloud, they're able to compute all of this stuff. And there, there will be no limit for what a game developer will be able to do because everything is being run through the server. And everybody's, like, all this information, like, imagine, okay, so... I'm pretty sure we all know what Eve is. I'm pr- you don't have to know how it works or what kind of game it is. We all know it's an MMO. We all know like like there's like these huge space battles and stuff like that, right? Imagine like a like a ginormous st- uh, space battles done in real time, and there's no lag at all. You can be able to play on any device and be able to have like you know like f- 
100,000 spaceships all in one screen, and there's no frame rate drop. Not only that, being able to like stream that to YouTube live at the same time. Or, oh, yeah. or even like a, a, a thousand, a thousand people battle royale. You won't be able to do yeah, that. I mean, with, there'll still yeah. be like, there'll still be limitations though, like because no, what I'm trying be to say is by how much data they could have to pass to you. Yeah, no, but what I'm trying to say is it breaks that barrier of what we were having. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. totally. I am still of the mindset that there is going to be a hard divide between people that want a Stadia. And people that want to have their own games and have their own hardware and stuff like that. And I. The way that the FCC or. Is, no, it's not FT, the FCC. FTC? Uh, communications, net, internet, oh, oh, government oh, for that. Okay. Um, and uh, fucking. Hey, j- the first. I will. I don't know. Fucking. It'll be pigs fly before Comcast fucking gives up the oh pay 50 extra dollars and you remove the one terabyte fucking data cap i mean but there's also like you know i mean i'm i think i'm a glowing example of this um i think i think one of the things that uh we forget about is competition and um and i like i said my thing with sonic right now just literally like comcast could not come anywhere near competing with what i told them i was getting from sonic so i mean it's kind of like Again, that's like the Blockbuster example. I think Comcast won't give it up until somebody forces them to give it up. Which, if these other IS, well, these other like service providers come along and provide better connections for cheaper, and they keep losing customers at some point, they have to give it up. I am going to tell you right now that it's going to be probably another decade before Sonic or any other type of fiber is going to be coming to my area. Because if they couldn't even start fiber in the town that they even they, uh, that Sonic yeah, no, Sonic is yeah, started Sonic's in, from you guys, yeah, no. Like, I would kill for that. But like, okay, it looks like that everywhere outside of Sonic.net's hometown is going to get fiber first or their service first. All right, I guess I'm still waiting and gonna have to keep track of my uh, data limits and stuff like that. Well, sure. I think I think we're. I don't think anybody's really saying, and this is this is kind of an argument I made about Stadia too. Um, I don't think anybody's really saying it's going to happen in the next like three months. Like it's going to take a while for like things to start shifting, just like it took a while for Netflix to kind of um, edge out Blockbuster and all kinds of stuff. Well, but like, and also how Steam's friends list didn't work for three years. Yeah, everything takes a while, um, but I think it'll get there. Somebody's I, somebody's gonna break Comcast. I, just like thing, people are kind of breaking like uh, uh, the whole concept of people buying um, TV packages. At this point, that seems to kind of be like falling by the wayside too. As now they have all these individual um, plans for all these individual like channels and things of that nature. It's all kind of shifting to like a service based model. But even but, then, like as like for Comcast to then drop the one terabyte limit for their customers when Mm -hmm. they implemented that like not too long ago like i don't think that they're going to drop that anytime soon and for the fiber aspect i don't see it coming to outside of metropolitan areas even in california in the next decade 
I don't see that happening. Okay. Because sure. that takes a lot of work and a lot of uprooting. Okay. Sure. So so here's my uh, here here's here's what what I want to say. This is an America uh, United States problem. The rest of the world or, or most of the rest of the world don't have this problem. That yeah, that is something very specific to point out. That this is a, a very much an American problem well, of I mean, I mean, first world countries. Yeah. I mean, um, you're not even saying first world, just like we're the we're basically the ones that with the shady internet is basically what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, other <laughs> than I guess, first world I guess other than like Australia, world. from what I hear, on how bad their internet is. Okay, yeah, uh, Australia doesn't have it does have it pretty hard, but like our neighbors up north in Canada, they have really good internet, but that's just because like they are up in their game on the fiber stuff, and the two companies are button heads <laughs> at the moment. Um... And it's, I mean, it is competition, just like you said, but like, I mean, I, I'm, I, I don't think that this Stadia thing is going, it's going to be a slow climb for Stadia, I think. Well, I mean, I think what I was trying to say and what Sharpie was trying to say is not necessarily like, it's not even that Stadia is going to be like the winner per se. It's this, just, I the think streaming, that this is... It's the, how you get your content? Yeah, yeah, because I think, think about like this, for example, when's the last time you thought at all about a memory card? <laughs> uh, PlayStation 2. They were totally like, they were huge, basically for, for, at least for me, for a significant part of my gaming life, have not thought about it since, because uh, all it took was like something to come along, whether it was like, a hard drive, um, you know, internal storage, or whether it was the fact that now basically all my saves are on the cloud, like, stuff just shifts right under you. Like, and it takes a while, but yeah, at some point it's just gonna be like we probably won't even think about it anymore. And remember when well, all of us didn't even trust saving our games to the cloud? Now we do. Yeah, yeah. I still don't. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I not that I don't trust it. It's just that I don't specifically do it. Steam like does it for like my games, and I'm just like, all right, you can just automatically do it. But I'll have my local saves. Hmm. So <clears throat> and, and like the PlayStation Plus. Like I don't even use that service for the cloud saving. Yeah, I like, mean, the it's only just time there. I ever use that, it, it's just there. So like I, I would, I think more about locally what's on my hard drive <laughs> and stuff like that, and rather like oh I'm just gonna put it up in the cloud. The only time that I ever think about you know saving stuff that's in the cloud is my Google Docs. And stuff like that, but that's only because I want to quickly like send it to somewhere, or you know, for a research paper or something like that. Like I'm going from one place to the other. Yeah, and remember it's, those it's, days, like when everybody said, like, yeah, I'd rather have it locally stored, and then like, but then the pro problem with that, especially in business, and maybe sometimes student sharing. I don't know how how college life was like, or how documents, uh, do like document papers were being passed around during those th those days, but. Um, because by the time I hit college, Google Docs was just coming out and then like, that's what we were using. And like back then, I remember when I worked at for, for this, uh, export trading company, uh, part time, they, what, uh, they were all, all uh, these documents were all saved on this, uh, on a single file on a server. Right. And in order for one person to open that file, the person that already has that file open has to save and close it, and then the next person can open it. 
I still I, I've worked jobs within the last like couple of years that were using that same exact type of system. Hell, my last job, I fucking they didn't even think about using Google spreadsheets or docs to be able to share it to everybody that's uh, that's in the company. They didn't even think about it. And I was like, I mean, in a way, it kind of makes sense because you (laughs) want to make sure that like three people aren't modifying it at the same time sometimes because you have a paper paper trail of all the modifications. Well, the the little detail was that it was a a company of uh, or one station that it was like 10 people. So it was really small of us, but whatever. Um, The point of this uh, discussion being that like just technology moves and people move with it eventually. And they just have to either have to or they just do accept it for what it is. I I still really think that when it comes to local games and how you get your games, I I think that it's going to be the service is there, but I don't think it's going to be a prominent service or market. I think it's going to be still be one of those things of the higher echelon that is like I'm going to stream my game out in the living room from Google servers or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Well, because think about this real quick. This is probably the last thing I have personally to say about it, but um, what about, I know there's the concept of having physical games, but Steam, for example, which we all use, like you only have, it's basically the same concept except for when you play it, it's on your local drive. Other than that, all of your games are stored, aren't really stored locally. It's not, I don't know if it's that much of a difference. Like, like if you wanted to play a game right now, you'd still have to download. And if you talk about whether or not Comcast is going to be, you know, they're going to release their whole lock on how much bandwidth you can use or whatever, it's still kind of the same problem. In the sense that, like, now if you you want to play a game that's not on your space, you have to download it and you have to wait. Yeah, exactly. Well, the other thing I do want to say about the Stadia, and I'm sure that this is going to be a service or... uh, I guess a feature that's going to be removed at some point in the future uh, once the infrastructure gets upgraded. Um, there are two service plans for the Stadia. Am I correct, uh, mm-hmm. Ashith? Yeah. Okay. So the basic, which is I the free basic, I'm pretty sure what, that's what it is, right? Yep. Okay. So the free basic, if, um, if y- too many people are playing on Stadia services... Not one specific game, but on the Stadia services, you have to wait in a queue to play a game that you want to play. Is that not every MMO? That's not actually. It's like if too many people are playing, you don't. I know I've run into that in MMOs. You, like you when I run played, into uh, that depending on yeah uh, on how, how many people. Yeah, okay. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but Tomb Raider. Red Dead Redemption 2. Those are single-player games. I want to play a single-player game. Oh, I can't because too many people are playing on the Google Stadia right now. Oh, sure. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, that's that's true that sense, right now. We assume that's going right? to go away. Yeah, you know, I feel like that's yeah. that's a, that can be fixed. It's just, it's not a good start if they wanted to make this a good example. It's not a good start. Well, Valve had that same problem with Steam, too, like, in the beginning. Like, remember, it's like saying... Like downloading games and not owning a physical copy, right? And then, like, not only that, like friends, like, 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 you know, most people played Counter Strike. That's the whole reason why it's like people were using Steam, is like they were like saying, I can't even invite my friends. Like we, like we, we're trying. I'm trying to invite my friends. 
and then we're all like on ventrilo and we're like like i'm trying to invite you but it's not working okay you're gonna have to type in this ip address through aim and how many years did it take three for that three years yeah it's gonna be a hard three year struggle for google then if this is what they're fucking going with yeah, and then I, I can't, it's not yeah. a good example. Yeah, and then like yesterday, I was like searching like every was there a day where Steam everybody hated Steam? So I was like looking online, it's like I like I was just putting in like Google search like I hate Steam like two thousand and something right, and then you know back in two thousand eight like that this is like the examples that I found <laughs> like everything that I just said or like these examples that I found, and now that I think about it, I'm like oh yeah, this is definitely what I remember people were saying back then. And I think that the other thing with this is that you're at, you're at the mercy of your internet provider actually being there for you. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. uh, that that's why, like, having... And, w- yeah, in our, in our day and age of Steam and downloadable games or Netflix or, or... Well, you still have to download the game or the movie or the whatever... But if, I mean, if you already have, like, your five games that are downloaded, you don't have internet, it's like, oh, well, I don't need internet to play my game. So. Are you getting it, Lady Infamous? Getting what? Like, understanding, like, understanding it. No, I'm oh, just asking if she's getting it. <laughs> <laughs> but do you also right understand now. it? But do you Not, understand what we're yeah. getting at? Yeah, y'all, y'all spoke about it for about 35 minutes. So, yeah, I understand. <laughs> Like, I do. Is, uh, did it kind of shift your mind a little bit? You don't have to be uh, for it, like, but do you starting no, to? No, like... no, no, no. It's just for me. I'm just gonna wait until what they, what Google develops with their products, instead of just jumping in head first into a product. That's all. I'm not saying that it doesn't have the potential to be great. It's just that every all good things take time, and it doesn't change with video games as well. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I totally remember the Xbox 360 release hmm. was straight up trash. Like there was nothing to play on. I think like one of the uh, release titles was like a Tiger Woods golf game, and like ended up being like a really good console, especially when they implemented Xbox Live and all that kind of stuff. And it was like, I guess, I guess my my overall thing when I was when I've always talked about it was just like not to say that everybody should buy this. I know I bought it just because, you know, I just felt I could see the potential in it. But my thing was never to tell everybody to buy it, but more so to not be like, oh, Stadia is dead in the water because it's like because you're treating it as if as if it's supposed to be console number four in the console wars, because I don't think it is. I think it's just kind of a front. It's the first one that's kind of like pushing the new how games are going to be in the future, essentially. Yeah, and then basically, like, remember about, like, 20 minutes ago, I was talking about, like, how Google wants to own the live streaming space. Stadia is actually an initiative to actually get that going because for the longest time, Google didn't really have any sort of initiative to get Facebook gaming slash live streaming going until Stadia. This is actually, their like, their push, which is why there's, um, um, there, that's why they're, like, investing million multi-millions possibly billions of dollars into this and this is the first time they're they're actually ever done that under youtube like okay try to try to imagine that like this is the first time that they have actually done something like this like an initiative this strong 
What about it, it, Google? Well, no, that's what I mean. Wait, like what do you mean? But, no, I'm yeah. talking about the website. Because <laughs> they definitely were not the main like search engine for a long time. Yeah, I'm assuming Yahoo. that push might have been bigger than this one. No, people people were just using Google just because it was like simple. If I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just saying. I'm sure they. Yeah, but then sure you know th- this whole stuff. infrastructure system, like you know what what um what Google's doing with with Stadia. There's only two other companies that can be able to do this. It's Amazon and Microsoft. Amazon with AWS, and Amazon with Azure. You, you guys heard of Wait, that, right? N- no, Microsoft no, no. You, you with said, Azure. You said Amazon twice. Yes, Microsoft with Microsoft Azure. Yeah, Microsoft with Azure. was Azure. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've been reading Microsoft, Amazon, and Google like, like so many times like this past four, three or four days. So, like maybe that just got into my head. But anyways, yeah. So Microsoft Azure and Amazon AWS, right? However, again, Amazon, they're not. It's not in their best interest to grow Twitch, like getting getting more users. So, uh, Disguised Toast left uh, Twitch. What's next on the docket? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Something that I'm pretty sure, and I'll be so mad if, if all of, uh, one of you even disagrees, that a game that we've all been waiting for Valve to actually re- release. And um, it just turns out to be a VR re- game. <laughs> You you might want to reword that because this is not a game that everybody has been waiting oh, for. Oh no! Well, this is a game. Ser- this okay, is a game, game that series. People have been wanting attention. Okay. This is a game that that people have want been, have wanted Valve to pay attention to. A game series. And yeah. we got Half Life Alex, which is a VR game that's set between Half Life One and Two. And as soon as the video dropped. I watched it and I immediately wanted this game. Yeah, me too. Uh, and it, I guess it's because it's running on um, a different system and because it's using the Valve Index. But the the smoothest of everything was really cool. Um, I have reservations about the walking though, because you don't actually it every uh, sort of type of walking or um, movement that they showed was your you yourself moving forward slowly and that i mean i to this day i'm still getting used to that type of movement in vr because i'm so used I'll to teleporting on rails no okay so there's so, so no so they actually have go if you go to the uh the half-life website there's actually three ways of actually moving in that game one is Got it. St- okay. the standard way of moving, like you know, like a joystick, right? Another is the okay. whole teleportation system. And what was the third one? Well, there was definitely a third one. I can't. I, I don't have the website up right now, but they, they okay. yeah. But there's actually three different ways for three different types of people that want to play this game because some people, uh, well, not me, but like you know, there's some people cannot handle the, the 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 normal joystick movement movement in vr they get nauseous yeah yeah so like they, they say like okay well we want to also implement the whole you know point there and you teleport their system yeah and uh it's funny because like i <laughs> i don't get motion sickness or car sickness or anything but as soon as like i get in i 
use VR and I do the slow movement walking, it, I, it, unless like I'm moving my arms, then like I just I can't like it. it I, I get nauseous because of it, and I think it's something that it's because I'm it's something that's different that I'm not used to. Um, and uh, for everybody else that like gets motion sickness with um, VR, um, there's two games that do it right. Um, and that's to the top and Gorn and Gorn. The way that you move is that you like, you know how, when you walk, you move your arms back and forth in like a stride, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. That that's the only thing you do. You move your arms like that and you move forward. Mm. And, um, when that happens, it, it's simulating that you're walking because of your arm movement and to the top, um, you, uh, there are times where like if you will drop down and um, you'll be falling down, but if you are down and sliding, you can um, you can hop and do uh, sort of hops, uh, that sort of thing. But like you're also using your hands to grab and move. Um, I think and that's something that if people want to get a good experience with this, where if they do want to try out the. Um, this actual joystick walking, try moving your arms at the same time. Um, and I think that might be uh, a little bit easier on uh, on the brain. But the trailer was very promising on this, um, especially with the head crabs. Holy shit, that's going to be scary. Yeah, and it looks really good, too. It's, it, I mean, not only that, it still looks like a Half-Life game. It still does look like a Half-Life game. Um my i actually just thought of something about the um engine version of source that they are using if it is source still because i'm pretty sure it would be i have no doubt it would be it, it would be or it, that it will be but um i don't know uh, i i'm i'm really excited for this and how many years since Half-Life 2 Episode 1? 13. Or, oh, Episode 1? Oh, probably like 15 years? 15 years? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Did they have an Episode 2 or only Episode 1? They had Episode 2. And that's like the okay. reason why everybody's waiting for an Episode 3. Because Episode 2 ended on a huge-ass cliffhanger. Yeah, I remember that. And I am so, so mad that there's still not episode three yet. Did we uh, all of us play uh, Half Life? Nope. You never played Half Life. I got the I got the orange box and only played Portal. Never played Half Life. Oh man, you guys have no idea. Some, I don't know how much we like how, how much I don't know about you, Zeldrick, but for me, like how much I want Half Life. Episode three, or at least Half Life three. Um. So, to give an idea of how well, I mean, you guys, uh, not everybody here has played it, but I was still hearing out like years before. Where's Half Life three? When I beat ha Episode two, and that was two thousand twelve. That was oh, seven years ago. I've been hearing it the whole time too. Like well, I, no, I know the, the whole meme of like. It's taken forever to get right. to episode three. But what I'm saying is that, like, I was hearing it before that, and I had never played a Half-Life game, and I only played Half-Life 2 forwards. So, 
Um, and then I was like, I don't, I guess it's taking a long time. I get it. Like whatever. But then at the end of episode two, I was of the exact same mindset. Where the fuck is Half-Life 3? <laughs> okay, well... I think you have to play it to understand, like, our excitement that? for this thing. It, that's, a, that's what I'm saying. I didn't, I didn't get the excitement of where's Half-Life 3 until that ending. And, like, everybody was up in arms about, like, Kingdom Hearts 3. And, like, how after 2, it was 13 years. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same exact thing, but, like, you know, you don't really know unless you got invested into it and you played it. So. Well, so when I was asking why, um, from the perspective of someone who's never played it, I'm asking, like, more so what was it about Half-Life that made it so good? Because I started playing it, and I think I might have played, like, one or two hours or something like that. And I don't know. It didn't seem like... Not to say it didn't seem like a good story, but in terms of like whether or not it was standing out at that point, I was like, this seems a little bit generic to me. Uh, Is it that you needed to play Half-Life, the first one? I didn't. I didn't play Half-Life 1. I did. I played Half-Life okay. 2 and Episode 1 and Episode 2. Okay, so what is it about this game? Um, what I will say that from the beginning of Half-Life 2... Uh, it, it is a little bit of a slow burn, but it's only because like the f very first section is actually teaching you about how physics work and the mechanics work. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't I basically even got out of the prison or whatever. And then I think there was a part where you might have got the gravity gun and you were fighting um the monsters, whatever the hell they're called. But did you get to the train yard in the sewers? I think I made it to the sewers. I'm pretty okay. sure I did. Um, it's. It's the story and the type of like storytelling because uh, there's no cut of scenes. that time. Yeah, there's no cutscenes. So of that time, you are in the story. You you <coughs> don't break away from it, and they're talking to you and around you. Um, and uh, I will say this about my experience with Half Life Two and the episodes after that. When I first was playing Half Life Two. Even at that in 2012, I was like, I'm a little bit bored and it's not keeping my interest in it. But then as soon as I installed something that was called the cinematic mod, it like changed my interest in it completely. And it was very specifically the textures and um, just the graphical quality of it. That was just on PC, though, right? Yeah, that's on PC. The cinematic mod meaning. So that means that like theoretically... If somebody like, let's say Lady Infamous or I decide to go back and play it, but I know Lady Infamous usually plays stuff on like Xbox. So I got a PC. No, I know. You know, there's, saying, there's like, Black say, Mesa for, uh, for, um, uh, on Steam. Like it was, it's a fan made game that Valve approved of and they're actually selling it now. That. And basically, that's basically Half Life 1 using the Half Life 2 engine. Oh, um, the other thing is that uh, there is a Half-Life 2, uh, it's called Half-Life 2 Update, I think it is. Am, am I wrong? Um, I'm trying to look through my Steam list because it was just there. Yeah, Half-Life 2 Update. And all it is is it installs like um, uh, high-res textures or something. Yeah, uh, featuring beautiful lighting, countless bugs, bug fixes, yeah, countless bugs, uh, and a brand new community commentary mode. Um, so it does add some stuff to it um and it's officially a part of uh, valve and steam like a community made thing um but even then like 
you know, installing some like the cinematic mod. I, I wouldn't exactly install the, uh, uh, what's it called? Like changing the, the character models of the main characters. I wouldn't do that. Um, but at least the guns and the textures for, um, the environment and stuff like that. Um, I would definitely, um, do that cause that it helped drastically. Aside from that, Half-Life 2 just as gameplay mechanics and the way that it tells the story and where you have to go, it's kind of revolutionary for its time. And it does have a gripping story as you move on through it because I kept feeling like even though that I'm half, I've only experienced half the story of what's out, I was like, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? So I guess like, just long story short, I was trying to, fi- what I was trying to figure out and Lady Infamous, I know you have a PC. I was actually half thinking about me too. Like if I played Half-Life, I might just like, you play the orange box that I have. I think I still have it. But um, the question would be, I think about Kingdom Hearts, for example. And, you know, there was the obvious hype for like the 13 years or whatever for Kingdom Hearts. And I think one of the, things that seems like pretty unique about it is when you try to describe why there was so much hype it's because it's like an action adventure story where you get to use disney characters and you go through all these disney themed levels and it's like something where i think you can describe this is why people were so into it so i'm wondering what that is with half-life to say whether or not if lady infamous and i went back and played it tomorrow are we just gonna be like "Eh, i don't get it uh in Sharpie, you might the first correct okay, so, me or add, yeah. add on to it. What I was gonna what I was gonna say one thing is the characters are really likable, and that there is mystery behind what's going on. Okay. Okay. So you don't have to play Half Life One. At least give Half Life Two a chance. It's not a long I, game. I think about it. Yeah. At least give Half Life Two a <laughs> chance. Uh, like, I think I, about it. And if you I'm do right. want to play Half-Life, yeah, if you want to play Half-Life 1, I wouldn't, uh, I mean, it did age fairly well for what it is, but I wouldn't recommend that version. I recommend you to get Black Mesa because that's just basically the updated graphics with Half-Life 2 graphics on, you know, it's just Half-Life 1. Yeah. Well, Lady Infamous, you tell me this real quick because I think you might know this more so than me. I'm thinking about Halo. Mm-hmm. And people, everybody said, like, Halo's amazing. It's such a great game. It's so fantastic. But I have no idea what the hell is happening in Halo. Like, realistically, I'm just walking around shooting a bunch of Covenant. Yeah. So that's kind of like, in terms of, like, if say, if somebody tells you the story is really good for a really old game, does that make it sound, like, appealing? Not if someone, like, never played the game before, like... With Halo Five, the the conflict between Master Chief and Cortana went through the breaking point. So, if you play like more than one of the series, you get a glimpse of what's going on. Not more so with the Covenant. That's just like a buffer thing you do, but more so with the story between Master Chief and Cortana. That's really the main gist of Halo series to me. Um, the best part of Halo is I always play with squads. I always play Halo uh, online um, 
campaign with friends. I think that's the best part of it. It's on legendary. Yeah, so that, I think that's kind of what I was like. If you want to be crazy. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Is like, is it just gonna be I play through it and I'm gonna be like, ah, eh. kind of like Halo. If I played through Halo right now, I'd be like, oh yeah, this is Halo. I, I kind of get it, but like, is it gonna? Does the game hold up? Is my curiosity because I I totally to me like when I watch this trailer for um Alex, the game looks cool as shit just on its own right, like not even knowing what the, what like you know not even having played the previous Half Life games, the game just looks really cool and I think it's kind of a good step in terms of with respect to VR having a more fleshed out like you know typical gaming type of experience rather than just having that sort of like super simple VR experience you get with like a lot of games um it looks really cool but i'm just i don't know i'm just curious like of is is it going to actually like kill the hype if i go back and play this game now because i'm going to be like okay well, well now maybe i needed to play it back in whatever year it came I don't out mean, how long is the game is it a commitment one? game cuz if no, it is i it's don't like, got... it's like 15 hours long that's a lot that's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> really? I would have thought a lot would be like a normal 40-hour game. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. What about if you were working? <laughs> if somebody said like a 15-hour game is long, well, I mean, do you think 15 you would have said, hours, yeah, that's, that's long? That, like you spent about 15 hours on games. And that, uh, yeah, three, some of three them. Hour, and then it's like three hours a day for five days a week. Yeah, that's a lot when you, like, when you end up having to like work during the day. Mm-hmm. is basically committing yeah, to it but that's it is a lot but like even then it you can f- for the total time it's relatively short oh sure yeah compared to other games that is relatively yeah. short I'm, and I'm, I'm, i think okay. i'm definitely so speaking here, here, for here, me personally here's here here's from howlongtobeat.com half-life 1 12 hours just for the main story half-life 2 13 hours half-life 2 episode 1 4 hours half-life 2 episode 2 5 hours Okay, that's not bad. Yeah. All of those combined, not even 40 hours. It's less than 35 hours. All of those combined. Yeah, I got a lot to do. <laughs> <laughs> so but I, I didn't I'm not, but that's, yet. that's four games in less than 40 hours. Well, no, well that's like, you know what my point is, right? My point is, is that... No, no, I get no. you. I get you. But anyways, the game does look super cool regardless. And I mean, where they showed, the footage they showed, that was specifically the index... Oh, I'm like, sure that they're using different? the index for their own game. Yeah, especially with that whole yeah, finger. Yeah, but is it going uh, to look any fingers? different, though? Movement? What's that? Especially, they showed the invi- yeah. individual fingers? Yeah, individual oh, yeah, finger yeah, yeah, movement. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think only the index gotcha. can do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's gonna. it should theoretically look the same, though, right? Not in the headset, but I mean, in terms of... It's not like if you buy the game, basically, you're still getting the same game as me. It's just it'll look different if I'm using the index and you're using the Vive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so the footage exactly they showed in the trailer same. is like, that's what the game looks like. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, the only difference between all of them is that it's just the finger movement. Um, and then whatever uh, refresh rate the two different yeah. headsets have. So yeah, that seems like it's on every dude. Okay, actually, that's one thing I did want to mention because I had no idea what the hell this was. Did y'all see that? Um, uh, what is it? Uh, when it was talking about um, when it showed at the end the list of uh all the headsets that it was on. 
Oh yeah. Did y'all notice like they they slipped the Microsoft one? In there? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I've never, I didn't even notice it existed. That's not even. The, yeah. I don't think that's a VR headset either. Mixed reality. Yeah. It, the mixed reality it technically headset, is. Yeah. It is, yeah. But they're doing the weird thing where like they actually have multiple manufacturers and stuff like that, which I, I'm not a fan of. Because I'm gonna be pissed if like somehow you got the bad one. I get one from. I get the bad one. I will be pissed. Because <laughs> I know they have like an Acer one, I think. And then uh, I forget what the other one. There's, there was at least four of them that I saw, like manufacturer, manufacturers. So um, I was kind of pissed when I heard that about like the uh, NVIDIA graphics cards where they were like, oh, this, this one was like made by this company and this one was made by this company. I'm like, I just want I just want to be sure that I'm getting what I'm supposed to be getting from my card. I don't care who makes it, but. Right. I don't like the multiple manufacturers because of that. But anyway, uh, that was interesting because I just, I don't know if you guys heard anything about it, but I just, I know nothing about like the mixed reality headset. I don't know really much about it. I don't have enough space for that type of stuff. You mean like physical space? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could do it like Zeldrick does uh, for his vibe. He does like the sitting mode, right? Um, well, I only do, well, I only do the sitting mode for like a, like one or two games, but oh, no, okay. I stand up. I, I only do standing space. Oh yeah, but yeah, have, you don't need to like, you don't need to set out an entire space for your room though. Like it's just kind of like you're in the same spot. Like standing still right. well, space instead of walking yeah. around uh, space. Yeah. Right. Uh, the two being, um, standing space and room space. And yeah. with the room space, you have to have a minimum of, uh, of area for it. But if you're, if you have enough room to put like pretty much t-pose and then move all of your arms around and flap it at the uh, same about time your body th- <laughs> that too and then um be able to take one step forward and one step back then you're good when you said t-pose it took me a second to realize you meant just standing with your hands out oh, wow. but I-, I thought like i li- i'm a little t-pop pose i'm oh, like wow. i don't care about that oh, Oh my god, no. Oh yeah, game looks awesome. Yeah, the game looks awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. T, I'm coming over to play it, if you get it. <laughs> oh, if I get the index? Yeah. Actually, uh, people who get the or have a Valve index get this game for free. Yeah. That's the cool yeah, thing so about it. you only it. need a thousand dollars. Yeah, you just need a thousand bucks. And you oh, get this game on top free. of a two thousand dollar computer. <laughs> yeah, there exactly. Most expensive game oh, on the market. Crazy. <laughs> whatever this is probably gonna be a two-hour game anyways so i fucking hope not it's worth 60 bucks well it's 50 is it cost 63 right now if you pre-order it but who pre-orders games that better not be a two-hour game game. that better not be a two-hour game (laughs) 60 dollars. that's crazy i'm mad that this comes out in march because there's already two other games that are coming out in march that i want to play and then cyberpunk in april fucking 2020 is a year for games holy shit yeah well i mean we all just have to wait for Half-Life, and I really hope you guys give Half-Life a chance. I'll yeah. try it. I don't have a problem trying it. You might have to push through like certain beginning parts, but... Uh-oh. Starting to no. sound like Death Stranding. <laughs> Stop it. No, you don't, even, you don't have to yeah. push through anything. Yeah, but what's, yeah what I, I like liked I already... about Half-Life is that it, it was a seamless story. It's not like there's no time jump, there's no like 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 scene jump or anything like that. It was just like... From right from the beginning, like you 
you know exactly where you walk through till the end. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, you enter a car, and then, like, the scene cuts, and then you you exit to, to another location. Even going to, going to an alien planet, they had, like, a way of doing that in Half-Life 1. I was, like, saying, oh, shit, that's tight. They they had like a teleportation scene in, in Half Life Two for you, yeah. right? And then you like you were just instantly yeah. there. Like and it had a story behind it too, a pretty funny one. Yeah, I mean Half Life, it, it's a it's a engine showcase game that did really well storytelling wise and gameplay wise. Yeah, kind of like Unreal Tournament. It's not really supposed to be a game. It's a you know it's an engine showcase game. Same with Crisis. So. <laughs> God. Yeah. Anyways, on to the next part. Uh, we'll talk about that next one later. Let's. Amazon wants to start a streaming service. Yeah, Twitch. Yeah. Right? I, was just, I, I don't, don't know what that, that means either. Okay. Well, I'm gonna skip over that. Who who put that one up? I Maybe. did that. Hey, I did. That. Oh, what is that? What does that mean? Oh, they're starting a Google search. I mean, I'm sorry. Amazon's trying to do their streaming device services probably. Starting like next year, so I just put um, that there. So my question is like, is is it really out here with the streaming services in the future? You think? What do you more... mean by that? What do you mean by? Wait, what do you, what do you mean by? Yeah. St- yeah, like a video game streaming services, just oh. like Google. Oh, the same thing like the studio. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. It's like their cloud based yeah. gaming. Yeah. I mean, they have the infrastructure they, uh, to I do it. AWS that. is a pretty powerful platform. It's just that Stadia's platform was designed from the ground up, right? Like, designed specifically for Stadia. AWS was designed right. for, like, server, like, ho- like you know, websites and, like, data holding and stuff like that. But, you know, hmm. they can't change it, but it's going to be pretty hard for AWS to go through all of that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... Does Good it, luck to. Did you get any like information about it, or just that they're kind of thinking about doing it soon? I'm probably within Maybe. like within the next year, probably or so. Is it the beginning? But it's not like they they showed I mean, a device you know, no, no, or no, no, anything no. like that. I heard it on an article on. Let me see. Let me look it up real quick. I think I got it from my. Because I'm surprised I never ran into this, and I did massive research on what I told you guys earlier, like for like 30 minutes. Is it because they acquired Game Sparks? Is that is that like the article? Um, probably. Let me look. Because I guess they were like a cloud-based gaming company slash service, and Amazon acquired them. So maybe there was like speculation, like based on that. Uh, it, it's from see. game yeah. game industry doc biz that they're they're announcing a game streaming service sometime next year to compete with PlayStation Five and Project Scarlet. Scarlet. Mm. Um, Business Insider has a um, yeah, see, article exactly like that too okay. from earlier this year. Um. Oh, Digital Trends. They did an article like three days ago. Yeah. So I mean. It's the competition of streaming services for video games nowadays. That's what the big thing is now. Yeah. I mean, somebody has to, somebody had to do it and online did it. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. Well, uh, Sega did it first. Did they? <laughs> you remember? Do you remember oh, that with the Dreamcast? The um, oh no uh, no, it, it was on the Sega on the Sega Genesis. Genesis. Yeah. 
through. I remember uh, wait, what you're. I, I do know what you're talking about, though. I, I remember. I can't. I'm blanking on on the name of it, though. Like they had like this. But they like, like yeah, it's like a cloud based gaming, right? I, I I remember that. I mean. Yeah, like you could like just log into their server. We actually got it when I was like a little kid, and you could just log in, and they had like a hundred. I think it was like a hundred games or something like that, where you could um, you just play them once you were logged into the service. Well, it was crazy. Like that was was way far, like forward thinking. Oh, it was called like I I don't remember. Shit! No. (laughs) This this like a shit. Hold on, on. let me see. Let's look it up. The Sega Channel. The Sega yeah. Channel. That's what it Sega was. Sega Channel. Yeah, there you go. Called. There you go. Yeah. But that was like so freaking long 1994. ago. 1994. Like, yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang. But I mean, that would be interesting since Amazon has like a large gaming platform as well. They do also I have independent studios as well. Yeah. Game, uh, what do you mean? Uh, oh, Amazon has like game like, studio. Um, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, gotcha. Google, indie, gotcha. games, yeah. Indie, indie games, and they also have uh, Iron Galaxy, like that's a Amazon-based um, uh, developer company, and they uh, they took a they took the head of um, uh, Killer Instinct. Hmm. Yeah. So like, after Killer Instinct was developed and they were doing updates and and stuff, eventually got turned over to Iron Galaxy. Iron Galaxy yep. is an Amazon um, company. Oh, yeah, didn't know that. So yeah, it, they do have their own um, devs too. So this might be the uh, the um, competition that Google is going to face. Yeah, well, I mean, Google also ha- uh, started up their own game studio too. Yeah, and I heard that there was one in Montreal. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I think they're gonna face. <laughs> the funny thing is, I think they're gonna face like competition from everybody, like because obviously there's X Cloud, and I guess I'm sure they could warp. Um, was it PlayStation Now? Yeah, I'm sure they'll try to like warp that into some similar kind of service. But I think the funny thing is just like, who's the little guy that's always bringing up the rear? <laughs> Good old Nintendo. Good old Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> Hear absolutely nothing from them. I'm sure they'll get to their service in like five yeah, years. But it's actually, but then out of everybody that's getting into this, it's actually in Google's and Facebook's best interests. If, if Facebook would uh, get into it too. But like if anybody, Google, it, Google probably has like the highest interest in doing this because of ads. And when I mean ads, not from the games, it's game streaming directly from the server to YouTube. So you don't have to do any sort of uploading yourself or any sort of encoding yourself on your own end, too. Um, so I guess uh, the last uh, um, when it comes to PlayStation, PlayStation does have their PlayStation Now service. But do you, have you guys ever done the play, uh, remote play? Like without now or like just? Uh, no, I know it exists, but I've never actually I've used it. I've done it without once. now. Um, I I did it a f- quite a few times with uh, doing it on the computer, um, and uh, just plugging my uh, controller, and I'm able to do. Oh, play. actually, I did that uh, before. I had a like a capture card that kind of worked with my PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah, doing that. Um, but they also have the remote play on the phone. 
So you could be out and about and also like if you have remote play and have your accounts hooked up, you could have your controller with you or even just use the touchscreen. But can you do that with like cell, like your cell phone service? Or do you have to be like, I would assume you'd have to be connected to the same network for it to be usable at all. No, no you don't have to. If oh, you have okay. your accounts and and all the stuff linked up, you could be out uh, outside of your network and you could, if your uh, PS4 is on rest, you could turn it on from your phone and then start playing on your phone and using your internet, your home internet's upload and stuff to then beam it to your phone through like mm. all the network and stuff. Yeah, I think the only thing with that is like, I think the the trend in the future is going to be like, you have to figure out a way to do it where people can use like their controller, a controller of some sort. Because otherwise it's like, I think, I think touch using the like touch controls is just not there. Even after all these years, it's just like well, not a very good command scheme. So unless they, I don't know if, do they have like, they do have controller Bluetooth support. Your controller. Oh, there is Bluetooth uh, controller support. Got you. Cool. Yeah. Well, then that that's worth trying then. Maybe I'll try that too. All right, cool. Uh, I mean, as a quick bit, Path of Exile 2 looked pretty cool. <laughs> I, 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 I totally oh, didn't. Well, I, I totally missed this I, I totally missed this. Apparently, they, they had a, ex, like a Path of Exile convention like, like before our last, last podcast. And oh, okay. yeah, it looks way better than Di- Diablo 4 <laughs> to me. Like in what huh? way? Like um, the amount of things like that you can actually or do, like just like graphically it looks way better. The 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 feel of the game looks really uh, like punchy. Um, the the skill tree is like you have to scroll with your mouse for miles just to get to the end of it, and it's like not even a tree. It's like is a that branch. a good thing or not even a branch? It's like a bush of freaking talent that goes in all directions, kind of like in Final Fantasy X. Uh, hmm. So, um, in regards to the trailer, um, I skipped a little bit of a, a, ahead to see some gameplay, and my one comment about uh, or about how it looks better than Diablo Four, and I don't know if I saw this in Diablo Four. There's a very specific section in this trailer for Path of Exile Two where you're underground. There's a bunch of like maggots and worms, um, yeah, and just that. a bunch of enemies on screen, and they're attacking and stuff like that. That was not showcased in Diablo 4 trailer, no. was it? So this is what I yeah, and this okay, is what I mean by That's why I yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, that's why I think it looks better because there's a lot more stuff running smoothly on the screen and there's a lot more stuff going on. However, uh, it, however the character movement and all that stuff, it feels a l- more grounded into the um Diablo 2 sort of Diablo 3 sort of aspect uh, of movement and stuff like that it doesn't look more like i guess it doesn't more, look more like uh you're playing on a controller it's actually like point yeah. and click so yeah so the okay so this is what i mean by like how stadia can really help with these path of exile guys because you you saw like what what it looks like it can do right and you don't do you think like a all, all these computers were, is able to handle what you just saw probably not uh it, if if they're smart, then yeah, yes. But but you, but you see what I mean. Like they want to do way more. Like they, I think that's what they said in the con, or maybe I just read that somewhere. But they want to be able to do more. But because of hardware limitations, they can't do that. And Stadia will actually help with that. 
I guess so. But that's what graphic options are. For. No, it's not about graphics options. It's it's more about like what like like what this creature is hitting at what time and stuff like that. And they want to implement like each individual like hit as like you know with with this like with like um, travel time and everything like that. And are you talking about the power for somebody's computer or network Both. power? Both. Okay. Um, I, I stand my ground on this. It, it, somebody with a 10-year-old computer should be able to play Path of Exile 2. <laughs> like, it, these types of yeah, games... No, but the thing is, they want to be able to do more, but they're, you know, limited because, like, they have to, they have to cater to those people. I guess my other point, uh, the flip side of my argument is if you have a 10-year-old computer, you, you maybe put in a little bit more money to Time upgrade to it or computer. something. Not a whole computer, maybe like upgrade it a little bit, but I like, I get it. Like they want to do more with it and it looks fucking fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that's just a quick, quickie, bitty stuff that I wanted to just go over real quick. Anyways, Next up, the Game Awards. The Game Awards. The topics got, uh, got let out. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about these lists. Uh, Actually, I do have a big well, opinion about some of these lists. But I'll let you guys go first. You guys already heard it from me. Uh, I don't really care about this stuff. So, Lady Infamous, what do you think? I already discussed this this whole week i'm i'm just gonna i'm just gonna roast it i'm gonna roast it on the 12th that's all i'm that's the, the video game awards is full of shit i'm done with it yeah <laughs> like i like how you and i have the same exact opinion well actually no you don't like it i just don't care that's a completely different thing um where you yeah, I've been Sharpie? that way the same way all the time. Like the only one that. that I felt like like was actually a pretty good one, other than like one game, was the community support one. Like all of them did a fantastic job, except Apex, on like how how like transparent each of these games are. Like one thing I don't understand is why do they include esports like people and like you know stuff like that in this award system. That doesn't make any sense to me for a game awards. They already have an esports award. Uh, this doesn't make any just, sense to me. I guess it's game industry awards. Uh, Wait, just what's, what's everything in general of gaming, like anything esports related or content creator related, like that. Like, like I know all of these people. The the. Well, maybe except like two or three of them. I don't know who they are, but like, like content creator of the year, right? I'm like, I thought this is supposed to be a, See, a game award, not like anything like industry related. Like they were talking about games. My pers my personal opinion about that is, I mean, as far as for the content creator award, I can't. I don't really think there should be that, but like, if they as like the board or, or the people that are running this and every, everybody behind the curtain, if they feel like that there are notable content creators for video games, then put them on stage to announce the next topic or whatever. Like, give them that, because that means that they're notable. 
and that gives them the spotlight rather than oh here's an award for being top content creator like i I mean i get it like they if whoever they pick like does a great job then yeah recognize them but for the most part i just feel like i mean have them read it out yeah i mean like and like with the esports event i'm pretty sure you never saw more than like two of them i saw all of these from beginning to end i watched the over overwatch league from beginning to end i watched the evo from beginning to end like even i had to uh, because you know we were there but you know we also had to watch like uh and we also had to we also got to experience it but you know some of them like especially the last day I had to, we had to watch it online and sometimes in vod format uh, the Fortnite, mm-hmm. I watched it. Per, I think halfway through it, uh, I, from the halfway point to the end, uh, and then IEM, I watched pretty much the majority of it, and I watched the League of Legends World Championship, and I watched I think the last half of the international, and I'm like, this is all cool, but I feel like this is hugely by uh, like like game based, not not like the event because look what it says it says recognizing the sing- singular event across single or multiple days that deliver the best of class experience for participants and in in person fans for th- and the broadcasting audience so if you only watch two of these you're clearly uh, or even one of these you're only going to be voting for that that doesn't make any sense to me yeah right i watched all of this and i think for me i think the league of legends world championship is probably the best in fact it it destroys pretty much everything else. What are you oh, talking wait, about isn't my that Evo? Like, <laughs> isn't that the same thing for like every category though? In the sense that like if I'm looking at best game direction, it's like Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro, and Outer Wilds. How do I vote for Outer Wilds or Death Stranding you, or Control? You gotta sign in. You gotta Evil sign 2? in and do your. No, 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 not no, like, no, 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 not like. Theor- not like that, but like theoretically, why would I vote for those games if I've never played them? Mm. The only one I've played is Sekiro. Okay, well, the thing is, is that I think for games, it's a lot more easier to see what the game is going to be like as a gamer. Yeah, but, but that's like specifically game of yeah. the year, maybe. But then like esports events, but like if you're talking about more like, specific like stuff, very yeah. s- like event-based thing it's not about it's not about the game it's about the event in general and how it was showcased you have to put a lot more dedication to be able to know these esports events or to watch them yeah uh, than to say uh play or watch um control or you know sayonara wild hearts or whatever like i mean i would i don't know if i'd necessarily agree with that considering like Let's say one of these esports events was like, let's say it's like a three day thing or something, and it's like I don't know, ten hours a day. That's thirty hours. That could be one game. Okay. Like that, if you're trying to catch up on in terms of like, let me tell you if this has the best art direction, or like, sorry, not the best art direction. Like, let's say it's uh, or let's say best multiplayer game or something like that. It's like that could take a long time before you can credibly give an opinion on that other than just like oh this is trash because i tried and i kept dying it's still kind of a lot of effort regardless of what you're doing it's honestly it's kind of weird for me that a lot of these categories you can vote for as a person like you know on the other side of the internet like the fact that i can vote best narrative sure makes total sense if i vote for that but like 
I don't know. I can vote for best mobile game, and I guarantee you I have not played a single one of these games. I think none of us have except for Lady Infamous played Call of Duty Mobile. And Call I bet of you, Duty. And I bet you voted for that because it's the only game you played it out of all of them. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. That's why it's kind of weird in general. Like, I don't even know if it's just the East, like, best event thing. It's just kind of weird that, like, you can vote you can vote on a whole bunch of stuff that you've never even touched. Like, I might not have even... I've never even seen Sky children of the light i don't know what the hell it is like if you look at like but art I can direction whether or not it's the right? best mobile like it game. says for outstanding creative or technical achievement in artistic <laughs> design and animation like control we kind of seen that before with like you know what do you call it what was the last game that they did um yeah quantum, quantum break, break? Like, it looks the... relatively yeah, yeah. similar so it's not like a technical yeah, achievement totally. um death stranding i mean it kind of looks like you know metal gear 5 based on what i've seen like like visually and like the the technical aspects of it and like all that. Gris can be kind of unique, but painting, you know, I think I feel like I've seen that in games before, right? Sayonara Wild Heart, I don't know much about that game, but it looks like a, a cel-shaded 3D game. I'm not really sure what it is. <laughs> um, Sekiro, like it looks really nice, right? But to me, it, it, it kind of, you know, is that... that dark soulsy vibe and you know i feel like i've seen it before however like legend of zelda Link's awakening like i haven't really seen like a plastic looking character yeah but that also that's just i mean i don't know we're going now into the specifics of one category but at least i'm saying like i could theoretically play each one of those for like you know two hours or something like that and probably get the idea of kind of like whether or not their art direction is cool. Even if it's not necessarily unique, you know what I mean? Like every movie that wins best movie of the year isn't necessarily some brand new movie. It's just a good movie. So if you're talking about art direction, it could just be like, oh yeah, well, it looks awesome as a game even though it's been done before. Um, But at least like I could get a little bit of a glimpse into each one of those games and decide that, but just some of them, I don't know. Some of them I feel like I shouldn't have the ability to vote on. Which I don't know how the hell you would police that other than like having a panel or having a group or of people. You have to link your Steam vote. account, your PlayStation account, your Xbox Yeah, exactly. Account. I don't know how the hell you would do it other than something like that. But still, it's just kind of weird. Because like a lot of these games, I think, I think actually maybe, maybe not so much Zeldrick and Lady Infamous, but um, actually, no, maybe even Zeldrick. No, probably not Zeldrick. But there's a lot. Of, I didn't get to play a bunch of AAA titles this year. So most of this stuff, I know what it is, and I have not touched it. So, like, it's weird for me to vote on, like, what's the best. Like, I feel like I'm. that's just kind of, like, throwing a bunch. It's throwing in a a factor of maybe somebody can win that probably doesn't deserve to win. Yeah. And then they also got to, like, uh, reword some of these things because people might think, like, oh, the best music and best audio design is, like, the same thing. Right, like people won't think audio design as like sound effects and like how they implemented these sound effects and like how punchy they made it feel and stuff like that. Like, I don't think people would understand what yeah, uh, what audio design even means. They might think, oh, it's the same thing as music, right? Like, well, I mean, here's the question that because I don't I don't pay attention to this stuff usually, but the the popular vote, how does that factor in in terms of the final vote? Yeah, that I don't know. Is it? Yeah, because I'm curious if it's like, um, you know, if it's kind of like our poli- our political system where there's a popular vote, but there's like something 
where quote unquote the experts can basically win over the popular vote. Because then it would kind of make some sense for me. Because then I'm like, all right, well, some people who probably like have a bit more knowledge than me are making the final decision. But I feel like if it's like you know, if it's the mob mentality, you're probably gonna know who wins in every single category. Like it's probably gonna be Death Stranding, I'm sure, for Game of the Year for some reason. <laughs> I can I, no, Action just by watching like, you like know, clips COD. of the game, I know that this is not gonna be as great as Metal Gear Solid, right? Like, like the first, at least with the first three Metal Gear Solids, because. What's well, a different style well, of game? I mean, the though, fact too. that it's open world Metal Gear Solid and it's is definitely like a an action game. Storytelling. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking what like Zelda was saying earlier. Like, it's not really. It doesn't seem like it's really that much of an action game. At which point, like, if it's a long game, if you think about it, a game that's like extended over a long period of time, if you have a lot of stuff going on, it could probably keep you focused more so than something where like there's a lot of a long period of time, but like it's more slower paced and. I don't know. That's why I would assume people say, oh, Metal Gear is probably going to be better because it's probably a lot more, quote unquote, happening in Metal Gear. Yeah. Well, not only that, like there's also, keep your attention. You know, it's not like a wasted effort. It's not a bunch of fetch quests or anything like that. It's just like saying, here's a story and there's a reason why you're actually going through this path. And then here's two hours of fucking cutscenes. <laughs> 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 no, but you, you, um, did we all play the first Metal Gear Solid? Yeah. Yeah, I did, all yeah. the way through. Remember how that was? It's mm-hmm. that, it's not like like a whole bunch of side missions. It's just a straightforward story with you know it had actual uh, like unique gameplay. It actually had a fun story. It had really good voice acting. You know, like the pacing was really well done. It felt slow to me, but I also didn't play it when it came out. I played it probably like ten years later. Mm. Did you play the original well, PlayStation um, version, or did you play Snake Eater? Or no, not Snake Eater. The, uh, no, I played the original uh, version. The, the GameCube version, I mean. My, my roommate was like a massive fan of uh, Metal Gear, so yeah. he had all and then, of them. I didn't, that's the only one I played because I just didn't have time. I, was, I think I was doing um, whatever, that, whatever that game subscription service is. It's kind of like what Netflix used to be. Gamefly? Gamefly, there you go. I was doing that, so I was just like burning through games, so I didn't get to play the rest of them, but... Um, one is the one that I definitely made it through. Yeah. It's a great game, but it just did feel slow yeah. at times. But, like, you know, like the storytelling was really in. well done, right? Like like the pacing of it and all that. And then the character development. Oh, I don't really remember. Like Sniper Wolf and Liquid yeah. Snake and, you know, all, all that. And then, like, it's very relatable, kind of, because it's, like, military, right? Like, like it's, like, very American mm-hmm. military system, and it's very political, Right, like it, ha- like it actually had, like, like, it felt like the real world. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I-, I will say this: with my experience with Death Stranding, it- it's not the optimal way to play it for like ninety nine percent of people. No, no, that's what I mean. Because like, I'm like doing the- a lot. What I'm, uh, I'll, I'll let you finish. Uh, I'll let you finish uh, right after this. Um, my, my, my thing with Death Stranding is, and same with Metal Gear Solid 5, is that, like, it was just open world, and then, like, the directions, like, there's no actual storytelling element to it, other than, like, go, like, go do that if you want to. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying right there. The, the other thing is that, um, 
as far as for it being relatable um it, it when kojima makes a story he like he nails that fucking dead horse on like over and over and over again and like that's been a fact for like past few games mm -hmm. of his but like this one is in death stranding it is also still relatable when you are list or you're paying attention to the story and you're also reading these interviews and paying attention to what happened and what the world is and what it was and what it turned into because it's very much of what we face today and um so i okay yeah i don't know i about still that. I, I would have yeah, to give I, it to I mean, that i don't know about that because i haven't played it yet but i'm waiting for the pc yeah, that... now <laughs> so it's gonna be a while but uh but yeah i think a lot of these games or a lot of these categories um I, like for example um the mobile games one like uh you know I, I when I saw all these, I was like, "Oh man, what's Grindstone? I can't download it because I don't have an iPhone." So um, it's the same thing with Sayonara Wild Hearts. But then again, if you have a Switch, then or it's also on PlayStation as well. I saw it at the uh, Day of the Devs running on a PlayStation. I think. Anyways, whatever. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, what if you didn't play all these games or you didn't have the accessibility to play all these games? Of course, you're gonna vote for the one that you could play or you know of. So. Yeah. yeah. Not only that, like, here's another one that I also have beef with. Like, if you go to, like, role-playing games, like, why is yeah. Final Fantasy XIV in there along with, you know, all these other games? Like, I feel like that should be separated because it's, like, the only game that's considered an MMO. Well, it's because even though that it is an MMO, like, yeah, MMORPG, but when you take, like, other mmos that are out there like it's not action-based and it's also very notable of a game that is an rpg so oh, i yeah, would I say that it right. fits right there to be there um i mean we do have uh, elder scrolls online and fallout 76 and those are mmos but fallout 76 is more you know of a shooter um elder scrolls online while it is an rpg um, doesn't have as much um, uh, of a popularity and as much numbers as um, Final Fantasy XIV. Mm. And it's an RPG through and through. Those are all dramatically different games, by the way. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know if I'd think like, oh yeah, this one kind of doesn't fit. Like they all are completely different games. Is Elder Scrolls Online com like very very different? As oh no, sorry, I was saying um the role playing game category. Oh, oh like okay. if you say like yeah, we should take out fourteen because it's like an MMO and it's like way different. Those are all completely. They're different all games. different types of R RPGs. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah. Monster Hunter World Iceborne is like more people would argue that that is more action than it is RPG, RPG but yeah totally it is still a player uh, rich player customization and progression into a massively multiplayer experience Kingdom Hearts 3 has no multiplayer but it is still char character customization and progression the Outer Worlds is character customization and progression Disco Elysium doesn't have our uh, uh mmo aspects or role-playing or um uh online aspects or whatever it still has the character customization and progression the only one that does have the mo massive multiplayer experiences 
or including that is Final Fantasy 14 and Iceborne. They just all have the first two things. I just noticed something. The family game category, it's only Nintendo games. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Really? It's only Nintendo games. <laughs> it's like, where else are you going to pull from? The fighting game category is actually interesting, too, because, like, I don't know. There's some clear losers on that list. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, not, not that they're because bad Because the clear games, winner like is they, Junk Dead Force, or right? Six has no chance. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Nobody's coming anywhere near beating Jump Force. Yeah, Jump Force doesn't have a chance. Dead or Alive 6 doesn't have a chance. I'm guessing Samurai Showdown probably doesn't even have if a anything, chance. If anything, that's probably It's probably going to be either like list, Mortal right? Kombat and Smash. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Although I have a feeling it's either Smash is Smash Brothers win. or Mortal Kombat, then 11. Oh, it probably will. I, uh, that If I had to guess, I would guarantee that it would be like Smash. Because there's just so much there. Yeah. I mean, you have the numbers of a lot of and people. the way how they did the announcements for that Brothers. game... God, that's just like the way. That's good marketing. They do it, really good marketing for that game. Is Jump they, Force a good game, Lady Infamous? No, not the story. <laughs> of course, Did not you the try story. playing it's online. I didn't play online. Oh, why not? I would just that would have been interesting to see, like what the actual competition. Uh, is I like. didn't get a chance to do that yet. I was trying to beat the game, but I didn't go. I didn't get the chance to do that. Did you, did, <laughs> you got bored did, beating did you, the game. Did you actually have fun playing the game, though? When I was fighting, yes. But in between the... Was it like the story part? Yeah, you got to rescue somebody. You have to rescue someone, grab their cube, come back, recruit them, and they'll be on your roster. And that's how it was for like the first four chapters. I'm like, man, I can't do this shit. Wait, is that like time-consuming yes, or something? it is. Like the oh really? Did it okay. feel like a chore? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well that's no good. Okay. Well yeah, I don't think that has a chance. That's it's interesting. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Family game is literally like Mario or Luigi's face is on three out of four of those <laughs> pictures. <laughs> and then the fifth one doesn't have those two, but it has Yoshi. The only one not in that universe is Ring Fit Adventure. Which actually might win. I don't know. Maybe Mario. No, probably Mario Maker 2, I'm guessing. But anyways, I guess we'll see. I'm, not, I'm probably not going to. I'm not going to watch. I'll probably look to see who won at the end. But I don't know. I don't think. I think I'm like Zeldrick. And I'm just like, I don't care. Yeah. It'd be nice. They should, I would be, it'd be nice if they gave us a reason to care, mm-hmm. though. Like, if they somehow made it to where, like, it felt like, I don't know, maybe maybe it's because when I look at this list, even even in terms of games of the year, when I look at the list, I'm like, I don't know why a lot of these games are on here. And then some of them, like, you know, Death Stranding, which, again, not to say it's a bad game, where it's like, I'm still like, why is it on here? Or Control, I'm like, why is that on there? And it could be great games, but just the fact, I feel like the fact that they came out and you heard almost nothing about them. It's like, like control, not death stranding. But it's like, how good could it have been? It's because it's, it's, it, look, <laughs> but you gotta understand also as well that Kojima is on the advisory board. Jeff Keighley is his homeboy, and he is the founder of Video Game Awards. So it's he may not have definitive choices of what games be nominated, but he does have a strong influence. That's why I don't give a fuck. 
Did you, I mean, did, did you I see mean, that? Did you see that did picture? Where, uh, like, uh, it's like a four-panel comic-like picture where it says the winner of the game of the year is, and he looks at the looks at the ballot and it says Sekiro. He only oh, yeah. that. Sekiro. And he says, yeah, Lady Infamous posted that. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I, I guess he did make a public statement saying like, "Yo, I, I don't have any influence on it. Like, it's not even though I know and I'm friendly with Kojima, like." I, you know, the fact that we have that relationship isn't influencing why his game is on the top of the list. Well, it's on the list anyway. It sounds like he doesn't vote at all for it. Which, I mean, I don't know if that changes it, anything. Maybe look, the I just people went to who the do vote still have like a... Page and it says Kojima's a founder. I just oh, said that. Oh, yeah. founder for freaking his productions. Okay, that makes sense. Because okay. Lisa Sue. Is not the CEO of the Game Awards. Lisa Sue's a CEO of AMD. That makes sense. Okay, I I thought it's uh, when yeah. I was looking through it, I was like, Kojima's a founder, like the founder of the Game Awards. It's like saying, oh no, it's just the founder of Kojima Productions. Man, they gotta redo their UI design and all of this because seeing all the purple stuff on it's the confusing. on the stuff uh, on it, it's actually for the company in white text. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to ask y'all just based on what you would have to guess. Just, just at the obviously the main topic, game of the year. What do you? Who do you guys think will win? Death Stranding. That ain't. I don't think it's. I don't think that's. But it's probably. I I totally think it's probably RE two. It's gonna win. I think it's RE two. I think it's um Outer Worlds. You think so? For game of the year. Game of the year. The. Well, it's okay. Is that your game of the year? Is it my game of the year? Is it because you liked it the most? Oh, okay. okay but what do you yeah. think the majority is? That's what I'm saying. Because I, I have a feeling it's between. You it's, think the majority that game is, is that game show is rigged? So Shakiro died twice. It's the legitimate game of the year that it should win. Yeah, you think so? Really? Everybody got on that. Everybody yeah. raged on that. Well, yeah, people that also went easy. I mode still think there was more of like too. people on RE2 though. <laughs> like a lot of people. I think the the definitely the Dark Souls. Demon Souls, Bloodborne, that cr- cr- crowd came out for Sekiro, a hundred percent. I feel like everybody came out for RE2 though. I just don't think it's Death Stranding. That's what I don't think. Uh, <laughs> I also don't think <laughs> remake is, should is be that... on this list. I, I agree as well. I, I don't think it should. No, really? it shouldn't. I, I, it should I, I, not. I highly don't. What about think what about when um on this list? What about when Final Fantasy VII remake? It, comes it shouldn't out? be nominated. You think nope. it shouldn't? It should not. It really? should be. It still, it still should have a um, chance at a spot to it, because it's a completely different game from the original. Yeah, it's not. It's, it has the same name and it probably has the same story, but it's still a new game. Like, I mean, I guess in the same way. Well, yeah, I guess if you reskinned me, everything and call it something else, it would still. If be it was a, like a, a different yeah, game, if you just yeah. upres it or something, then yeah, that shouldn't be on there. That's just silly. But I mean, in the same sense, if you made that claim, you also have to claim, for example, that Smash Brothers Ultimate shouldn't be I agree as well. It shouldn't be up in there either. But you know, it's a video game war. But why though? <laughs> okay, so so if you if you can think of you don't have to think of six or five, but like what else would you put on that list besides Outer Worlds? Um, Indivisible. In Sekiro, I guess. That's that's cool with that. <laughs> Indivisible could be good. Um Devil May Cry Five. Um that's somewhere. Uh, I think yeah, it's best. I don't know if yeah, Cry Five yeah, would be Game of the Year. It's very good for the fans, and it's very good for what it was. I'm just but... saying it to be nominated, just to be nominated, just for them to be nominated would have been great. Because 
So for you, you're already sold on um, Sekiro? Yeah. If I have to... Did you play Sekiro? No, but I watched a lot of people play it. I'm not trying to lose. I'm not trying to lose my controllers right now. I ain't trying to lose my controllers. I messed yeah, up my. Yeah. I, I messed up my elite one playing Dark Souls. So. Yeah. Um, the thing about Sekiro, from my what I've heard from a hundred percent of people, a lot of people that have played the Souls series in the past, is that Sekiro has no replayability. And that's a kind of a death sentence. That's crazy for one of those types of games. It's really people crazy. People love replaying those games. Yeah. So the fact <laughs> that it does not, for a lot of people to say that Sekiro has no replayability. How does it not replayability, have replayability? Um, because you're... The, when you, you might do everything the first time, two, right? What? It, you might end up playing everything the first time through, right? Is that, isn't that kind of why like the, there's the replayability? Obviously, you can like kit out your... Um, character a little bit differently and like so that the game plays differently but i've also i've also feel like a lot of people play those like the dark souls and stuff like that multiple times because there's like oh i didn't fight this mini boss or i didn't fight that no is it it's is not, it not like that? that it it's it's mostly because in the dark souls one through three you have different builds you can make and yeah, you can yeah. be a mage class. You can be a fast class. You can be a heavy hitter class. You oh, can Sekiro's specialize in one. this type of weapon. It's one weapon. Oh, okay. Yeah. And bec- even though that with Sekiro, there are like hidden bosses or whatever that you can't go back to once you pass a certain point. Like that's the most that you go back to from the beginning to do is fight some other bosses that you just didn't, that you missed. That was mm. it. Mm. So, okay. Um, but I mean, I feel like that on this list, Super Smash Brothers should totally be on this list. Um, I agree too. I and I still feel like that Resident Evil Two should be on this list too, because uh, I mean, yes, it was the first and only time that I played Resident Evil Two, but it's different from the original. Isn't that like the dude with the metal face or whatever? He's not even in the original Resident Evil Two, right? Mister Mr. X. X? Yeah. I have no idea. I don't think he is. I, I, I don't know anything about that. Like I, I I'm pretty sure that is a dramatically different game than like the original Resident Evil 2. Um like I don't even remember like oh uh, maybe wait, did anybody play it? Did you play it, Lady of Can you repeat it for me, please? Resident no. Evil Two? The original. No. I didn't no? either. Okay. I didn't have a I'm trying to remember. One. I started I never owned a PlayStation. Did you um do you remember the beginning of Resident Evil Two, Zeldrick? The um, the one the remake? Uh, from which perspective? From the new one. Oh, no, sorry. No. Uh, I guess I guess uh, Leon. From Leon? Uh, yes. You were because in a, like you were a big tanker truck, and you or a, you, okay. Uh, so it does start out the same. It crashes, catches on fire. There's zombies. You're, yeah, you go into some like gas bar station. or something. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I was just curious if it actually started out the exact same way. It started because I played the beginning of RE2, the original. Okay, so, um, and then when you switch over and you play as Claire for the second run, it kind of, like, skips a lot of uh, the, you, the Don't you go down an alley or something like that instead of, like, going over where the the truck is on fire? You, like, go a different path, right? Um, you're in the middle of a burning street. But with uh, Claire? Yes. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Um, and then so you make your way through and you get to the, um, to the outside of the uh, uh, police station. Um, but here's the thing. I'm, I'm looking this up real quick. Resident Evil 2, the original, 1998. He's originally called the T-00. So but does he it, look the same? He d- almost. 
Oh, okay. They, they look that. identical, except that. Oh yeah, and that that's where that meme came out, and when this when the remake came out, it was oh like what do we make different about Riz, uh, about the um, Mr. X? Oh, we just put a hat on him. That's all they did. <laughs> they just put a hat on him. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I, I, for some reason, I didn't remember ever hearing about him, even though I've like heard a lot about Resident Evil Two. I've also never watched like a full playthrough of like the original so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was, like right before we end, like you know what I was just thinking about, like why I thought Metal Gear Solid One on PlayStation was so great. Oh, I played that on the pl- PlayStation Two, by the way. I was a late bloomer myself, but. What I liked about Metal Gear Solid 1, like, back to it, was, like, remember, like, Psycho Mantis? Like, you have to, like, put the controller on the second slot. The controller. Then, like, yeah, yeah. They, they had, like, all these crazy things, like, like, saying, it's like saying, I don't, like, remember when, when the colonel was, like, I don't remember what or what, what Meryl's, like, or, or whoever it was, like, um codec number was like frequency number you have to look at the back of your case and you yeah. literally have to look at the back of the the game case on one of the pictures mm-hmm. sure i remember that they would they went a little crazy with it in a good way yeah, yeah. um the, I, think the, <laughs> I just looked at the original mr x <laughs> yeah see he's hilarious but sorry go ahead <laughs> um but uh the only way that we get that sort of thing now um is with um is pc games strictly where like uh i guess undertale is like the best example to um because most people have played it where uh you get to the end when you're playing it on pc and then there's dialogue that happens and you get to an end the ending sequence and it kills the game and you're like what the fuck just happened so you then go to re to load the game back up and then now you're at like a you're at that load point but there's story and dialogue context for what's going on and there's other indie games where you actually have to look within your files within the game directory to figure out what the hell's going on and stuff um or to uh get some sort of clues or something like that and or to progress and honestly i i wish games did that uh, kind of like how Metal Gear Solid 1 how it's like oh like put your memory card in the other slot or you know hook up a different controller or, or, or change um, player number on the controller or some shit like that you know what and, I was thinking about with, you know, with, uh, games, uh, with things like Stadia like they, they can make a game where it says like okay you have to go on Google Maps right so you have to like exit out of the game and then like it actually recognizes because your account is linked to it and then it's like saying okay now what what did you see over there at in Google Maps it could be like a Carmen Sandiego game or something know what i mean that'd be good that would be good um but i guess it it, that it is a um is that the technicality for an arg i don't know i guess technically it would be yeah yeah so i I mean i think there should be a little bit more of that um and there's a lot of creativity that you can go with with that sort of thing i think that um games that do on pc that do that sort of thing um with uh like undertale and it just it kills your game and then you load back like that sort of thing where you actually have to deal with your files and stuff not extensively Mm -hmm. like very minimally um i like that sort of thing because it really takes you out and kind of like 
confu- it confuses me sometimes, but it's also a sort of investigative and kind of has this sort of disconnect with uh it's it's a really weird feeling. I don't know. Did you guys play Undertale? No. Yes. Twice. You played it on and you I played it on PC. It, but I didn't finish it. Yeah, so you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Okay. I mean, I mean, Near um, Automata did something like that too. It deletes your game if you choose to at the end of the game. Like you got a huge, you know, but that's you know, something something like that. Spoiler alert! But that's something different. <laughs> that's something different. I mean, like the uh, there were a couple games that did. Actually, the first Near did the same thing, but I actually I never mean, played other games could do the same ones, thing. So I don't know. Oh, um, uh, I think Dead Space Two might have done the same thing. thing. I don't remember that. Or I didn't play three. I, played I remember one that. And two, there, I don't remember. I didn't play three. There's a couple of games where, like, if you played it on, oh, Doom 2016 did this, where if you died, it was permadeath and it deleted your save. Oh, kind of like Iron Man on on XCOM, man. Essentially, yes, but like, I mean, what I'm getting at is that we already have that sort of thing already, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, I think, yeah, I, that's all I have to say about okay, that. Okay, well, anyways, let's start wrapping it up. Let's start off with everybody's been, uh, what everybody's going to be up for the next week and their socials. Anybody want to start? I'll go, because um, I went last in the beginning. Uh, anyways, I, I'm going to be playing more Death Stranding. Um, I'm, uh, I might have uh, free time of my own, um, and I'll play it on my own time but like i'm going to make it a point to i i guess essentially steamroll the story um to a point to like just jump ahead um and uh and uh, i'll be streaming that on twitch.tv slash zeldrick um other than that um uh i'm gonna think of other stuff to play oh um and Really soon, um, I will be starting a Final Fantasy VII uh, playthrough um, and uh, going through that in preparation for the remake. Um, let's see. This week, I'm actually off, fortunately, because uh, we get a week off at work where I don't get paid. Um, so I'll be probably playing some more games other than having like you know, a couple of little Thanksgiving things to go to. I'll be playing some more games. I think I'm actually going to try Half-Life now that y'all tried selling me on it. Don't say y'all. <laughs> See if it Don't holds up. <laughs> I mean, it was Sharpie and okay, Zeldrick, so sure. it's still so, so technically counts. anything, just play okay. episode one and two for Half-Life 2. They're short. Four hours. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys can catch me on... Um, I'm streaming on Facebook. <laughs> At uh no I'm, just <laughs> <laughs> I'm on no, I'm on Twitch at twitch.tv slash unsheathp u n s h e a t h e d p. Um, thank you everyone for stopping by. Um, I'll probably stream something this week, but uh, most likely just getting stuff ready for the little get together on Saturday. Um, you can check me at lady underscore infamous four one five, and uh, thank you for stopping by. We really appreciate it. And I am Jay Sharpie at twitch.tv slash Jay Sharpie. I'm going to be spent... Actually, this is Black Friday week, so I'm going to be, like, hunting for stuff. Like, I'm actually 
been wait, wanting to build a website so i've been going on like all these websites <laughs> domain services to see if they have any deals and then i was like on envato too to see if i can start making videos with like crazy like effects and stuff like that so hopefully those will be all on sale where i can afford and actually use and start creating something for discoverability anyways that is if you're not already following us here on this podcast, you can subscribe on YouTube now, and you can also do it on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts, and all these other RSS feeds that podcasts offers. We'll be back next week.